Good morning, church family. Happy Thanksgiving weekend to those of you who are here in the room as well as to those of you who are joining us on Church Online. As crazy, as nuts as this year, 2020, has been, uh, we have so much to be thankful for. Don't we, church family? Amen. We have so much to be grateful for. We have God. We have one another. We have the faith family of Jesus. We have the promises of Jesus of abundant life in this life and the one to come forever with him. And so, man, for, for as much as 2020 has taken from us, has, has stolen from us, and man, I, I, I'm feeling that uh, as we grieve what we've, what we've lost in, in 2020, um, I think it's a wise choice for us to collectively choose thankfulness because we do have Christ with us, and that's all that matters at the end of the day. Now, we are uh, now in our third week in a new message series called I Am, where, where really all we're doing is allowing Jesus to speak for himself, right? So that's kind of a novel concept, right? We're allowing Jesus to speak for himself. The reality is there are tons of opinions out there, depending on who you listen to, who you read, um, about who Jesus is, who he was. And so all we wanna do is say, okay, all, all that noise out there is, is fine, but we wanna hear from Christ himself. Who did he say he was? What did he say he was about in this world? And so today we're gonna be looking at his statement, I am the door. Your translation may say, I am the gate, but I am the door. Now this is, uh, in my opinion, probably the least talked about I am statement of Jesus out of the seven I am statements. Um, It's not quite as glamorous as uh, the, the I am statement, I am the bread of life, which we looked at a couple of weeks ago. It's not quite as comforting as I am the good shepherd, which we looked at last week. It's not quite as exciting as I am the light of the world, which we'll look at closer to Christmas time. But, but this, this statement from Jesus, I am the door, I am the gate. Even though it's not as glamorous, maybe it's not quite as sexy as some of the other I am statements that a lot of people like to teach on and preach on, it is still an incredibly practical, important truth for your life and for my life today. Now, last week, we looked at Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. Today, we're actually gonna rewind a little bit in John's gospel, chapter 10. And so if you have a Bible, please grab your Bible or open up your device, iPad, whatever you have, and head for John's gospel, chapter 10. That's where we're gonna park the boat uh, together uh, this morning. And Jesus continues using this analogy of sheep and shepherds. Now, one thing you must know about sheep is that sheep are quite possibly the dumbest animals that have ever walked the face of the planet, all right? And not, o- not only are sheep incredibly dumb animals, they are also defenseless. Have you ever thought about that? So, so sheep have no, no claws, they have no fangs, they have no horns, they can't run fast, they can't even climb trees, right? That's why no sports teams are named the fighting sheep, right? Like, no, 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 what's that? We are the fighting sheep. Nobody wants to be the fighting sheep. Why? Because they're weak, they're dumb animals. They just get killed by every other animal on the planet unless, unless they are under the care of a good shepherd. Now, who are the sheep in the analogy that Jesus is using here? If he is the shepherd, who are the sheep? It's, it's us. <laughs> we, we are the sheep in, in this analogy. If you, if you feel offended by that, I, I'm glad. That's good. That means that you're paying attention. You understand what Jesus is saying here, okay? So John chapter 10, we're gonna start in verse one. This is what he says. Truly, truly, 
I say to you. Now let me pause just there for, for a second. When Jesus uses those words, truly, truly, to us it doesn't really mean anything, right? Because none of us use those words anymore. Like I don't, wouldn't walk up to you at Starbucks and say, truly, truly, it is great to see you, friend. Like you'd be like, man, what are you, what's wrong with you? Are you drunk? It's only 10 o'clock in the morning. What, what's happening? But this was a very common figure of speech 2,000 years ago. So Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you. And what Jesus is saying there when he says that is he's saying, listen, guys. What I'm about to say to you is actually very, very important. I want to get your attention here. I want you to listen to what I'm about to say. I'm not messing with you here. I'm not lying to you here. I don't have a hidden motive. What I'm about to say to you is unfiltered, raw, life-giving truth. And so let your ears perk up. What I'm about to say is really important. Now, I don't know about for you, but maybe for me, more than any point in my life, I just feel like we're living in a day and age where it's really hard to believe anything. Anybody else feel like that? I just feel like it's really hard to know who to believe. There's so many voices out there and one news channel says this and you go over here and next news channel is saying the exact opposite and one medical expert says this and the next one says the exact opposite. It just seems like everything in our world right now is so twisted, so convoluted. Everything seems like it's being leveraged for some other purpose. And so for me, when I read this, this is really refreshing. Jesus is saying, hear me out, friend. My words are truth. Now, now for me, my, man, my, my soul longs for truth in these dry days where it seems like you can't find truth anywhere. And Jesus gives us nothing less than the truth. He's got no hidden motive. He's got no agenda, right? He didn't come as a power play. In fact, he laid down his life for his sheep. And so that gives us the confidence that we can now come to him and we can listen and we can receive real, actual, life-giving truth. This is what our souls long for in these days. And so he says to these people, truly, truly, you can trust what I'm saying. I've got no other motive. Truly, truly, I say to you, He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Now you gotta understand that back in the day, shepherds would tend to move their flocks, their sheep around from pasture to pasture. And as long as it was light, there was daylight, it was fine because the shepherds could see the sheep. And so if a wolf was coming or something, they could go and, and defend their sheep, but things got sketchy when it got dark. And so things got dangerous when dusk would come. And so what shepherds would do is they'd be out there with their flock in the middle of a field somewhere as they would look for, and they would typically find a sheep pen that was already there, had been built. If they couldn't find one, they typically would do kind of a makeshift sheep pen themselves. They'd just kind of gather some stones and get some thorns and thistles and put them on top of the stones to protect their sheep during the night. In fact, I got a picture of an ancient sheep pen Now, I want to just show you there. So this is kind of what they would find in the middle of the field. They would usher their sheep into this in the night. There's only one thing missing in all of these sheep pens. Do you know what it is? Do you notice? There's no door, right? There's, there's, There's no gate. And so here's what shepherds would do. Shepherds would, once they got all their sheep in, they would actually lay down in the doorway themselves, and they would become the door themselves. So I want to show you a picture of this, just kind of an illustration. The shepherd has got a sheep in. He lays down in the doorway, he becomes the door himself. And so any sheep trying to escape the pen at night would have to go through him. Any predator or thief trying to come in to harm the sheep would have to go through him. The shepherd literally becomes the door that leads to protection and life for the sheep. 
Now understand this, we see this at the end of John chapter nine. Jesus is speaking primarily here to the Pharisees. Now, if you know anything about the Pharisees, they're like this really religious elite uh, group of folks that are all about religion and, and, and just following all these rules and regulations as a, as a means to get to God or find his favor. And Jesus is saying to these religious folks, to these Pharisees, he's saying to them, not only is he saying, hey, listen, I'm the door. He also says, anyone who climbs in by another way is a what? He's a thief. He's a robber. Now, this is aimed directly at the Pharisees. Like This would have been massively insulting to them, right? Because these Pharisees were teaching the people that in order to enter the kingdom of God, they had to walk through the door of religion, right? So, so if you want to follow God, these Pharisees said, man, you have to do all of these things right. You got to give this much. You got to serve this much. You got to eat this, not eat this, wear this, not wear this, do this. Don't go to this festival, do this. And so they added all of these unbiblical things to the people that God never intended to their lives, all of these rules and said, you must enter the kingdom of God through the door of religion. And so Jesus was very direct in his critique of the Pharisees. They promised a pathway to God through the door of religion, but it, it just never works. Also in Jesus' day, as in our day, there was also not just the door of religion that people would try to find life in, there was also the door of rebellion Right, people who thought that they could find life by rebelling against God, right? By uh, finding pleasure in life or by uh, walking through the false door of relationships or other worldly philosophies. A big one in our day and age, particularly where we live in Asheville, is kind of the, the new age movement, right? This is, this is popular where we live, right? This kind of this idea of, hey, listen, just be a good person. Just be a good person. You find your own truth and you follow your own truth and your own pathway and you put good vibes out into the universe and, and good things will come back to you, which sounds really kind of sweet and cute and I kind of want to put that on a t-shirt. There's just one problem with it. It's not true. It's just not true. In the, in the same way that I would love to be able to fly, and I would, I love traveling, I would love to be able to fly. That doesn't change the fact that as soon as I step off of a cliff and start flapping my arms, I'm going to plunge to my death. I need a plane to fly. And if you love me, please tell me before I step off the cliff and plunge to my death that I need a plane to fly. I need the truth. And that's what Jesus is giving to you today. That's what he's giving to me today. He loves us enough to tell us before we step off the cliff and plunge to our death, believing that something will save us that will only lead us to death. And Jesus says to all those other doors of religion and rebellion, Jesus says, listen guys, I love you enough to tell you they're all false doors. They're all false doors. They're trap doors. They're thieves, they're robbers. They promise you life, but they are simply doorways that are gonna lead you to disappointment, sorrow, and destruction. And so the first big truth that I, that I need you to leave with this morning, the, the first truth that I need you to see this morning is this, truth number one, Jesus is the door to life. He is the door to life. He is the only door that leads to life. He is not one of many doors he is not one choice among many choices. He is the door that leads to life, hope, satisfaction, and purpose. 
And Jesus is making this really radically bold claim that, listen, guys, listen, guys, I am the one person who will allow you safe passage into the life that you've been created for. You're not going to be able to climb in another way. You're not going to be able to, to, to build your own door. You're not going to be able to craft another way in. It's Jesus. I am that door. And understand for sheep, the shepherd who functions as the door to the pen means safety, security, and life for those sheep. Because without that shepherd laying down in the door and becoming their door, these sheep became sitting ducks, just easy prey to be devoured by the enemy. But with their shepherd in the door, they could rest easy. Those sheep could rest easy. That's my shepherd over there. That's my door over there. That's Jesus standing in the gap for me. And so it doesn't matter how many wolves are circling outside the walls, man. It doesn't matter how many thieves are trying to come over the wall. As long as my shepherd is right there in that doorway, I'm good. I am safe, I am secure. It doesn't matter if there's a global pandemic or a crazy election or crazy economy and people losing their jobs. If I'm in the sheep pen and my shepherd is my door, I am good. I have everything that I need. I am safe, I am secure. Jesus is my door. I remember back in, in middle school, I, um, I, wasn't, I wasn't the most popular kid in school, to, to be sure. Um, I've always been a bit of an introvert. And so, especially when I was younger, it was just kind of socially awkward and, uh, and didn't know how to connect with, with people. But my, my, one, my one saving grace uh, was that I, I tried out for the football team and, and I got on the varsity football team. And so that provided me some measure of protection from, from bullies and, and things like that. But I went to a school, a public school, right outside of Birmingham, Alabama, which in the 90s was kind of like being put in a federal penitentiary. And, um, and it just... You know, fights everywhere, and knives and guns and drugs. And um, so, so even though I was, I was a little bit safe because I was a part of the football team, so nobody's gonna mess with me too much, I, I still w- would kind of walk down the hallway when I was alone um, with, with a little bit of a sense of nerv- nervousness. Ka- ka- kind of a little bit like I needed to keep my head on a swivel, right? Like who's behind me? I wanna make sure nobody's nobody's coming up, who's hiding behind those lockers. Just kind of the sense of uncertainty, right? Like, man, I was like 5'7", 130 pounds at the time, right? I I couldn't defend myself really if something happened. And uh, so so I was a little bit nervous, except for when Xavier was with me, right? Xavier was a a guy on our football team. Everybody on our our team was like 5'6", 5'7", 120 pounds, but not Xavier, he had a beard, Um. Sixth grade, seventh grade, man had a beard, six foot two, 305. And, um, you know, his, his biceps were, were as big around as my, my torso. Um, could bitch press a, a school bus. And, and, and nobody, nobody was messing with Xavier. And he was my buddy. We played football together. He gave me my first concussion in, in practice. So, so for all my mental disabilities, you can thank Xavier Rice for that. But uh, he, when we were walking down the hallway, when Xavier was by my side, I didn't have to have my head on a swivel. I didn't have to, I didn't have to look who was, who was behind me. When Xavier was by my side, I could see the school bullies coming and just kind of walk up to him and be like, what, what? 
You got, you got something to say? That's what I thought, punk. Walk, turn around and walk away. They would say no, because Xavier's right here, man. Ain't nobody messing with me when Xavier's right here, right? It kind of reminds me of this, uh, this meme I saw on social media this week. It comes from the movie Narnia. I just want to show you that. I don't know if you can read it. It says, how I feel knowing Jesus is with me when I face battles, right? You got Aslan, the lion, right there. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I am the door to the sheep pen where you're gonna find life and security and you're gonna have no reason to fear anything in this world. Now I know for a fact there would be those who would say, maybe in the room today, maybe if you're watching online, there would be those that would say, Chris, that's fine for you, man, but man, it's, it's really unloving for you to say that there's only one way, that there's only one door. And to that, I would answer, friend, it is only unloving if it is not true. Because if it is true, if Jesus is actually telling the truth here, and I believe with all that I am that he is telling the truth, this is the most loving thing Jesus could ever tell you. And he says this precisely because he does love you, friend. And he desires for you to enter that door and find life and find it in abundance. Jesus is the door to life. And he continues in verse three. He says, to him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep, they hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name. Now this is beautiful, believer, Christian. Do you know that God, God of this universe knows you by name? He calls you by name and he leads them out. Verse four, when he has brought out all his own, he goes before, before them and the sheep Follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger, they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Now, this is one of the most beautifully fascinating uh, things Jesus ever taught. See, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. They know me, and then they follow me. Now, get this. In biblical times, um, actually, even in the Middle East today, this is not uncommon. But in biblical times, not uncommon at all for several herds of sheep to gather in, in one pasture or in, in one valley or in an open pen. Now, here, here's the incredible thing about sheep. As dumb as they are as animals, they always know the voice of their one particular shepherd. Did you know that? So you can, you can take thousands of sheep from dozens and dozens of different um, herds and put them all together. So you can have this valley full of thousands of sheep that belong to tons of different shepherds and there's all this noise of the, the sheep baa, there's all this noise and shepherds shouting out and all this crazy noise and yet sheep always can recognize the voice of their shepherd over all the noise. They just have this unbelievable ability to tune out all of the noise and hear the voice of their shepherd and follow their shepherd. This is incredible. It reminds me of a story uh, last, uh, last year, I can't remember, maybe we were at the state fair back when we could do stuff like that. Uh, we, we were somewhere, a big crowd, uh, me and my family. And um, so, you know, I, we let the kids walk around a little ways, and, 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 but I always got my, my eye on them, a big crowd like that with thousands of, of people kind of milling around. And I was watching our youngest, Judah, our, our boy. He's uh, about six, seven years old at the time. And um, and, and so he couldn't see me. He lost, he lost sight of me, but I had my eyes on him. I could see him. 
And he got a little ways away. He was maybe 30, 40 yards away from me, but I, I was tracking him. And, uh, but, I, but I saw him the moment that he realized that he didn't know where I was. And so I saw him begin to, to kind of just glance around quickly and look around and he did a, did a circle and he didn't recognize anybody around. I saw this look of panic on his face as he realized that his father was, was not there. And what I did was I, I called his name. I said, Judah. And as soon as he heard my voice, he, he perked up and the look of dread left his face. He got this little smirk and I just kept calling him, Judah, I'm over here. Even though he couldn't see me, all these people were taller around him. He followed my voice until he got to me and he was completely safe. And Jesus goes, listen, it's the same way with my sheep. It's the same way with my sheep. They know my voice. And so this is truth number two I want you to see this morning. Truth number two, sheep, sheep know their shepherd's voice. Sheep know their shepherd's voice. Not some of the time, not maybe, not if you're lucky one day. They know their shepherd's voice. And listen, in a world where the noise in our society is turned up full blast, in a society where, man, we are just constantly bombarded by voices, and it could be good voices, voices of your friends or your family or podcasters or social media influencers that you follow or agenda-fueled media personalities. Let me ask you a question, friend. When is the last time you just sat in silence for more than 30 seconds? Like legitimately, last time you just took five minutes and just were completely silent. I'm guessing for many of you, it's been years, maybe even decades since you spent any considerable amount of time in silence. Man, we have become addicted to noise. In fact, most of us are uncomfortable with silence now, aren't we? We get in the car, what do we do? Turn the music on. Get in the shower, what do we do? If you're like me, flip a podcast on. Like, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I even, I sleep with a fan on, all right? Any other fan sleepers in here? All right, four, four five, six, six, six of you. Man, I, I can't even sleep in silence now. I've tried, I, like I can hear other people breathe and uh, hear like things scurrying around outside, my ADD mind, like I cannot, I cannot sleep when it's silent. I gotta have noise on just so I can get to sleep. Man, we are, we, are, we are noise addicts. And so here, here's, here's what I'm trying to say to you. Friend, listen, you have to learn how to fight to hear his voice. You've gotta learn how to fight to hear his voice. You've gotta learn how to turn down the noise that's in your life constantly. The good shepherd calls you by name if you have ears to hear. So we've gotta learn these disciplines. We've gotta learn to, to tune down the noise, to, to quiet our, our thoughts and our hearts, to still our minds. The good shepherd is still calling out his sheep out of darkness if you have ears to hear. Friend, have you heard the voice of the shepherd? If you have, has it been a while? Have you heard the voice of the good shepherd? Has he called you by name? Now understand, God's voice isn't always audible. I've talked to people that have heard God audibly speak. I'm jealous of those people, but I, I've, never, I've never had that experience. Certainly God can communicate in any way that he, he wants to. He's not bound by any structures or boxes that we might try to place him in. 
but he definitely, undoubtedly, 100% still speaks to his people. And for me, when Jesus rescued me, when I was in my early 20s, I didn't hear an audible voice. I didn't have an angel appear to me in shining lights in the middle of the night and say, hey, come and follow Jesus, walk through the good door. But I did hear his voice. Just this inner, compelling draw that I could not deny. And I have never been the same since. See, hearing the voice of the shepherd changes everything for the sheep. Amen? Hearing the voice of the shepherd changes everything for the sheep. Friend, have you heard that voice? And then have you obeyed and followed the good shepherd? It doesn't do any good to hear the voice and ignore the voice. Maybe some of you are here and you've been running from the voice, been ignoring the voice. But today the shepherd calls you. He says, son, come home. Daughter, come home. Step through the good door and find abundant life. Now some, some might ask me, well, Chris, how do we, man, this is 2020, man, we're not monks. There's noise everywhere. How do we, how do we hear the voice, Chris, of the good shepherd? Good question. We could probably spend a sermon series, five or six weeks going through this. Maybe someday we will. But just for the sake of time, let me give you three quick ways that you can encounter the voice of the good shepherd. So if you're here and you're like, man, I, I, I wanna hear God's voice. I wanna hear from the creator. I wanna, I wanna follow the good shepherd. Here are three practical ways that I believe that you can encounter the voice of the good shepherd. Number one is his word, the scriptures, the Bible. And I'm just telling you from personal experience, almost every significant time God has spoken to me in my life with the exception of maybe three or four times, it has always, always, always been when I've been in his word, reading and meditating on his word. How many of us could stand up here and just give testimony after testimony of God speaking something unique to us, answering a specific question, giving us hope at exactly the right moment when we needed hope most while reading his word? I'm telling you, friend, these, these ancient words are the words of God himself. Paul says in 2 Timothy 2, he says, every word in the scripture is God-breathed. It is breathed out by God. So we hear from the good shepherd through his word and then we respond in prayer, which leads to this incredible conclusion. We can actually have a conversation with God. Have you ever thought about that? That you, in all of your brokenness, in all of your sin, and me, and all of my brokenness and all of my rebellion, that we can actually have a conversation with the God of this universe, with the God who created the sun and the moon and the stars and human life and galaxies that haven't even been discovered yet, that that God is the same God who is so relational that he wants you to know him. How incredible is that? How life-changing and life-transforming is this truth? I, I don't understand this, but I love this about God. We encounter his voice in his word, and the second way we encounter the voice of the good shepherd is through his spirit, the Holy Spirit. 
For those of you who have heard the voice of the shepherd, man, you've entered that door of life through Jesus, placing your faith in Jesus Christ. The scriptures tell us that we are indwelled, we are given the Holy Spirit of God to live inside of us. And that that spirit actually guides us, directs us, comforts us, convicts us in our life. Now also, I want you to understand there's, there's a difference between guilt and conviction. Do you understand that? Guilt comes from the enemy, right? It's condemnation, it's words of condemnation. But conviction is when the spirit, we're doing something we're not supposed to do, something that will not lead to life, something that will ultimately lead us to death. And the Holy Spirit, because he loves us, woos us back and says, son, daughter, this is not for you. Turn back, follow the Lord. Those of us who've been walking with Jesus for some time, we've had this experience, haven't we, of God through his spirit indwelling us, convicting us, leading us, challenging us. It's that little voice inside of us that when we're somewhere, you just can't explain why, but that little voice that says, you need to go talk to that person. They need hope today. That mom over there in the corner of the restaurant crying, you need to go pray with her. That single mom on the other side of the park with her kid, that $20, last $20 bill you got in your pocket, you're supposed to go give it to her in the name of Jesus. And we don't understand why, but it's that voice. It's the Holy Spirit of God indwelling us, leading us into an abundant life that God has for us. And so the good shepherd speaks to us. We hear his voice through these ancient words, the scriptures, through his spirit that indwells us once we follow Jesus. And then finally, the last one, for the sake of time at least, today is that the good shepherd speaks to us. We hear his voice through other sheep. Now let me say this clearly, especially now when so many people have chosen to be isolated, sheep need a flock. Let me say that again. Sheep need a flock. There is a reason that sheep are herd animals. They don't live alone. And that's because they would get picked off and they would get slaughtered in like half a second. They are herd animals. Christians are herd beings. The herd provides them protection and warmth and so much more. From time to time, I'll I'll hear somebody um, say something, usually well-meaning, like, hey, I love Jesus. I just don't need the church. And friend, I just wanna say to you, nothing could be further from the truth. Sheep need a flock. The good shepherd has placed us together, commanded us to gather together by design. We are made, we are fashioned to live in community. We need one another. Sheep need a herd. And it's oftentimes the spoken word of another sheep, a mature brother, a mature sister by which we hear the very voice of God. And so we must not, friend, cut ourselves off from the voice of God by cutting ourselves off from the sheep herd. The church the fellowship, the bride of Jesus. So if you wanna hear the voice of the good shepherd, get into his word, follow his spirit, and get around other sheep so that they can speak life into your life. The bottom line is that sheep know their shepherd's voice and they follow him into safety. They follow him into pastures of provision, streams of life. Look at verse six. 
this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, now let me pause there. I, I love, love, love the fact that Jesus is patient with us. Don't you, church? I love the fact that Jesus is patient with us. Right? He's, he's kind. He's patient. He doesn't, he doesn't cast these people off like, man, you, you idiots. I just spent 30 minutes explaining to you that I am the door, that I am the way to life everlasting, that I am the way to peace in life and purpose in life, and you still don't get You're so dumb. You are dumb sheep. I'm going to go find some other sheep and explain this to them. Get out of my face. He's not like that. Maybe that's what I would be like. It's a good thing I'm not Jesus, right? For all of our sakes. It's not Jesus. He's kind, he's gentle, he's patient. He says, guys, you don't, you don't get it. You don't understand what I've just said. That, that's okay, draw, draw, draw closer, draw closer. Let me, let me explain this to you again. This is really important. L- really listen this time, because I, I want you to get this. What I'm, what I'm telling you is, is true. Truly, truly, what I'm saying to you is true. Here's the key to life. I am the door. Do you understand what I'm saying? He wants them to understand. He's loving, he's kind, he's patient. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, verse seven, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me, all those Pharisees that told you you had to keep all these big long list of rules and regulations to find favor with God, all those who came before me are thieves and they're robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. No, 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 not not my sheep, not the real sheep, not the true sheep, they didn't listen to them. You know, friend, one sign of spiritual maturity is that you can sniff out false teachers and trap doors. Because the reality is not everyone who claims to be from Jesus is actually from Jesus. Do you know that? Not every pastor, not every podcaster, not every author that you find in a Christian bookstore, not every person who claims to be from Jesus is actually from Jesus. Jesus says, my sheep don't follow the voices of thieves and robbers. My sheep don't follow the voices of Osteen and Furtick. My sheep hear my voice. They tune out all that other garbage and all that other noise out there and they hear my voice above all the other noise. Verse nine, he says, I am the door. He says it again, just in case you missed it. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. That word saved, kind of a Christian-y word. We kind of get freaked out about it. What does that mean, saved? It just means rescued. It means delivered. I don't know about you. I need to be delivered. I need deliverance. That's what Jesus is offering here. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, delivered, and he will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Not only does Jesus promise that as the door, he will provide rest and protection for his sheep. He actually, listen guys, he promises us abundant life. Which for me gives me great hope. Jesus didn't come and say, hey, hey, listen, I, I came just to give you a little eyedropper full of hope. That would have been enough. If Jesus would have said, man, I'm gonna give you a little eyedropper full of hope. That's not what he said. He didn't come and say, listen, guys, I'm coming just to give you a, a little splash, a little, a little drop of grace and joy and hope and purpose. No, no, no. He says, I'm coming to give you more of all of that that you could use up in 10,000 lifetimes. 
If you're my sheep, I mean, I'm, I'm throwing you into an inexhaustible ocean of grace and life and hope and security and freedom. Friend, Jesus is the doorway to the good life. And see, a lot of people, I think, kind of live under this, this misconception, particularly younger generation. I, I think I was like this when I was young as well. There's a lot of people that live under this misconception that to follow Jesus means to give up freedom. To follow Jesus means to give up the good life. And that is the oldest lie in the book that the enemy whispers into our ear. It's the same lie that he whispered into Eve's ear in the Garden of Eden all those years ago, right? Did God really say that? Did God really say that? God didn't really mean that, right? He wants you to be happy. Did God... God really didn't mean that. No, 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 no. No, you'll find, you'll, listen, you'll find life in this forbidden fruit. Actually, abundant life is found through one of these other doors. And time and time again, as dumb sheep, we take the fruit. And we walk through one of the other doors only to discover sorrow, disappointment, and death. And all the while, Jesus extends his arm, offering us life and freedom, and hope in a way that nothing else in this world can. But friend, understand this. You only get all of that by walking through the right door. So you gotta understand, Jesus' claims were both exclusive and inclusive. People get uncomfortable with that, but it's just the truth. Jesus' claims were always exclusive and they were inclusive. Exclusive, I am the only door that leads to life. I'm not a door, I'm not a pathway. I'm not one of many options to the Father. I am the door. It's an exclusive claim, but it's also an inclusive invitation because Jesus says, everybody is invited in this door. It doesn't matter what your religious background is. I don't care if you come from a Catholic background. I don't care if you come from a Muslim background. I don't care if you come from a Buddhist background. I don't care if you're a new age. I don't care if you're an agnostic atheist. I don't care what your past sexual current sins are. I don't care about any of that. Everybody is invited to come through this one door and find life and find hope forever. That leads us to our third and final point this morning, our final truth, number three. Friend, Choose your door wisely like your life depends on it because it does. Here's the reality. Every single one of us is walking through a door right now. I'd wager to bet some of you are walking through the door right now of trying to be good in your own ability, trying to be a good person. You're just kind of bought into this myth that as long as you do more good things in your life than bad things in your life, that when you stand before God or whatever cosmic force you believe is out there that they're gonna have to let you into paradise as long as you've done a little bit more than bad. And so you're really trying to create your own door to God by being a good person. Jesus says that door's not gonna work for you, friend. It's not gonna work for you. Others of you, I'm almost certain of it. You're trying to walk through the door of religion right now. 
Maybe you're like me, you grew up in the deep south, and so you, you grew up thinking, man, if I, if I just read my Bible enough, if I just give enough money to the church, if I just serve enough, if I just don't watch R-rated movies, if I just wear this and don't wear that and do this and don't do that and listen to this music and don't listen to that music, and I got all these lists of things I can do and can't do, and as long as I follow all of these religious things, then I'm gonna be good in the end. Jesus says that's a thief and a robber. It's a false door that will lead you nowhere but desperation and destruction. There's others of you I would almost guarantee that are trying to walk through the door of rebellion right now. You're trying to find life and hope through a relationship that you know is not honoring to God. Things, doing things that you know are not honoring to God or following philosophies, whether it's New Age or Buddhism or whatever it is that you know are not honoring to God. And Jesus is saying, those doors lead to destruction, friend. I love you too much to let you walk through that door without telling you that life is over here. The hope is over here. Purpose is over here. Everything you've ever dreamed of is over here on the other side of this door named Jesus Christ. So as we close, I just got one question for you, friends. For those of you in the room, for those of you online, Are you being led by the right shepherd through the right door today? Because at the end of the day, nothing else really matters, does it? Are you being led by the right shepherd through the right door today in your life? Because here's what I know to be true about your life, even if we've never actually met in person, there are a lot of voices coming at you right now in your life, I promise you that. There are a lot of voices coming at you right now. A lot of voices coming over the wall, around the wall. A lot of voices trying to get your attention. A lot of voices trying to steal the affection of your heart. All kinds of thieves and wolves circling that gate, trying to get in and find you. Listen, friend, I want you to know you've got an enemy. And he's ferocious. And he's good at what he does. And he wants nothing more than to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to take you out. But there's good news. There's a shepherd, a good shepherd who offers you truth. And he's saying to you this morning, follow me. Follow me. I invite you to walk through that door of life, to feast on grace and forgiveness like you've never tasted before in your life. Follow me into the pastures of life. I will give you life. The famous London preacher of yesteryear, Charles Spurgeon, one of my favorites, once recounted a story of uh, heading home after a a long day of ministry in London, and um, he was tired and he was discouraged. And he said, in that moment, God brought to his mind the verse that says, my grace is sufficient for you. And Spurgeon said, as I meditated on that verse, um, he began to imagine a little tiny fish swimming around in the great Thames River in in England. And then that fish, Spurgeon imagined, that fish becoming worried that if he took in too much water, that the, the whole Thames River would run dry. And Spurgeon said he realized in that moment just the absurdity of that thought. And this is, this is what he wrote after thinking through this. And I have this on the screens for you. He says, a fish can more easily drink the oceans dry then we can ever exhaust the love of God in heaven. Oh, drink away, little fish. You'll never drink it all dry. 
In, in the Sermon on the Mount, most famous sermon Jesus ever preached, this is what he says. Enter by the narrow gate or the narrow door. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. In other words, most people in the world are gonna take that doorway. It's wider, it's easier, easier, it's smoother, it seems more appealing on the surface. Most people are gonna take that door, that gate. And he says, it leads to destruction. But for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few. Friend, there's one door. There's one gate that leads to life. His name is Jesus Christ. And if you have him, you have everything. And if you don't have him, at the end of the day, you have nothing. Friend, make sure you step through the right door. Let's pray and then we'll sing. Father, your goodness to us is unsearchable. God, in that goodness, you have not given us what we deserved. You have not, you have not left us separated from you because of our sin and rebellion, God, which is what we deserve. You are holy, you are set apart, you are perfect, and God, we are none of those things. We are broken, we are jacked up, we are fallen, we are selfish, we are sinful apart from you. And what we deserve is separation from you in hell forever and ever. That is what we have earned, and yet you loved us so much that you didn't leave us separated from you, God, but you made a door, Jesus, that we could walk through and find life in you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for that doorway to abundant life. Father, I pray for that one person or those, those multiple people who are here in the room hearing this right now, or maybe they're tuned in online, God, and they have never walked through that door. They've never placed their faith in Jesus Christ alone. God, would you help them take that step of faith today? Not to wait another second, another minute, another hour, another day, because we're not promised tomorrow, God. Pray, God, that they would not trust in the door of religion, that they would not trust in the door of themselves, they would not trust in the door of rebellion, God, but they would trust in the door that is your son, Jesus Christ, that leads to life and life everlasting. God, so for, for the person there that's saying, yeah, Chris, that's, that's what I need. I know I'm on the outside looking in and I wanna walk through that door. I wanna taste life. I wanna know my creator. I wanna hear the voice of the shepherd. I want his protection. I want his purpose in my life. God, would you help them make that step today? And then to give them the courage to reach out. Let us know so that we could give them a Bible. We could pray with them. We could help them get off to a good start. It's a brand new journey in following you, God. And I pray for the believer, for those here in the room and online who are sheep that are perhaps maybe they've, they've drifted a little way, God. They, they've begun to listen to other voices. They've begun to listen to voices of, of thieves and robbers and wolves, God, that, that promise to give them life but will only give them destruction, God. Would you, would you call them out? Would you call your sheep back to the fold? Father, would you help them hear the voice of the good shepherd and to follow you today for their good and for your glory. Father, we love you always and we pray these things in the name of your son and our savior, our good shepherd, Jesus Christ.